It is wonderful to be back in this lively congregation. I remember this unique setting uh, for worship. Your building is just one of the most amazing churches in North America, in my estimation. And I noticed that you've added water since I was here last. That, that's great. Uh, I remember it so vividly. I noticed your pastor, on the other hand, when I told him, I said, I just, that was the most wonderful, impressive visit I got to make to your church. I loved it. Uh, your pastor only remembers one thing from that visit, and that is I called him to the airport and said, help, I left my laptop in the motel. Go over there, get it, mail it back to me. That's all he remembers <laughs> of, of my visit. But, uh, and wonderful to be here reflecting with you on what's next. You are in a time of transition. Uh, saying farewell to Pastor Wes had an amazing uh, time of leadership here among you and then welcoming as your pastor, Eric, one that you had known and benefited from and uh, a time of transition. But that's why I thought of the scripture for this morning from the Gospel of Matthew at the end. It's, it's a time of transition for the disciples. And surely the main question on the disciples' minds in the scripture is, what's next? They had followed Jesus. They had put all of their hopes in Jesus. But now those hopes were dashed. They said among themselves, well, we had hoped. It was a good campaign while it lasted. We didn't get him elected Messiah. Uh, Caesar stepped in, ended it. Let's go back home. They've all gone back home. They're back in Galilee where Jesus had called them from. They've gone back to business as usual. That's the future. And it was right there that Jesus comes to them. Matthew 28. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had called them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came, and he said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was asked to come to the seminary where your pastor taught with distinction for a number of years. I was asked to go back to Yale Divinity School and speak on the topic, what's next in preaching? What's the future of preaching? And I went there and I said, well, preaching has been under assault. We wondered uh, with all the visual media and images, electronic uh, 
people don't get their messages that way? Is preaching going to continue? I said, yes. Preaching was there at the very beginning of the gospel. Preaching is there to sustain the church over 2,000 years. Yes, preaching as we know it shall continue and shall be with us. And, well, two weeks later, I'm at a church. And I enter the church, and the pastor yells at me, Take off that tie! We don't do ties anymore here. Take off the tie. And here, here's a red t-shirt. And all of the staff wear red t-shirts to direct worship on Sunday morning. And I said, look, that's not a good look for me, the red t-shirt. No, I, I don't want the t-shirt. All right, well, then we got into the service, and the pastor preached, and he preached with a huge screen behind him, and he would gesture to scream, and suddenly there would be a clip from a Broadway show there, and then he'd gesture again, and there would be a clipping from the nightly news, and then <clears throat> there was a children's sermon with a wheelbarrow and balloons in it. I don't know. And uh, I'm happy to tell you, it was a Presbyterian church. <laughs> I know you think it's meant, no. Um, after it was over, I was at my car in the parking lot. I said to the Lord, you did that to me, didn't you? <laughs> to make me look stupid. Okay. I don't know what's next. And in that, I, I think I share that with a lot of you. What's next? <laughs> God only knows. Uh, Gil Rendell, the greatest theorist on church leadership we've got today, I heard him a couple of weeks ago say, the hard part about leading the church, you pastors, these days, is not simply that America's politically divided and this is a contentious time. The hard part is you've got to lead where nobody knows where we're going. You've got to learn how to lead where there is no clear, certain vision of tomorrow for the church. That's hard. That, that tends to produce anxiety. Now the Bible, as honest a book as you'd ever hope to read, the Bible uh, has a passage that's beloved from the book of Ecclesiastes. For every time there's, there's a season. For every time there's a right time. There's a right time to plant and there's a right time to harvest. There's a right time for war. It's the right time for peace. There's, everything has its right time. We love that passage of scripture. It's the only thing most of us remember out of Ecclesiastes. What people don't read is they don't take that passage all the way. Ecclesiastes 3.12, where Ecclesiastes says, there's a right time. And you're a human being. You'll never know the right time. Only God Almighty knows the right time. The last pope said, only God has a future. 
we frail, finite human beings, or when there was a day in Presbyterian churches when you just love preachers to talk about how frail and finite and limited and sinful you were, well, that, that's past. But uh, we frail, finite human beings, to us, God has not given the, the ability to know what's next. Only God knows. Uh, and, and that can be hard. That can be if, during times of transition. We're, we're moving into a new, from an old year to a new year. One reason, a lot of y'all drank way too much at New Year's celebrations. I, my theory is it makes anxiety. You wonder, what, what's, what's the year ahead? What, what, what's it gonna be like? Uh, 2023, tough year. Uh, well, also in the church, we don't know. And uh, that's hard for us modern North American kind of people because, well, the whole point of the modern world, from, from one point of view, the whole point of modernity is the ability to predict the future. The, the scientific method, the, we collect data. And why do we collect data? Well, we do it so we can be better at prediction. Forecasting, we, we're looking for trends, we're looking for patterns, we're, we're looking uh, so that we will have the power to control tomorrow, so that we will know exactly what it's going to be like tomorrow. Uh, that's what modern world is. But in our more honest moments, we like Ecclesiastes, we have to say, you know, wow, God only knows. I'm meeting with the broker that's in charge of my 401k. That's what people my age do. And the broker comes out with, with all these charts and graphs and he puts them up on a tripod and he says, look, see this line here, that's the Dow Jones, I see it's that. And, and, and here's the 10-year the uh, average and all. <clears throat> and I said to him, look, be honest with me. Uh, I, I, I'm terrible in math. Always have been. I, I don't do math well. I don't like charts. I don't like graphs and numbers and that kind of thing. But is, is the purpose of all this to try to delude me into thinking that you know where my 401k is going. <laughs> and he said, oh, uh, uh, okay, got me, got me. I said, put away the charts. This thing is a crapshoot, right? He said, yeah, this is uh, really Las Vegas. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I gotta admit it, I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, that, that's tough. And particularly now, particularly for the church, I know you're thinking, uh, well, we're Presbyterians, and so we haven't done a transition, a pastoral transition, like you Methodists do it, with some old bishop 
because we don't believe in bishops. We don't have some old guy come in here and tell Pentecostal Presbyterian uh, who should be our next pastor. We, got, we had an orderly process. We had a consultant. We went through this. We selected a pastor. Yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's, uh, things can still, you know, we, because we don't know. We don't know the future. And in the church today, uh, we're in transition. And it's not just a transition from one pastor to another pastor, as important as that transition is. It, but the church, your choir is wonderful, loved the anthem. Church choirs are dying at the rate of about 12% a year. Church choirs are leaving the church uh, over the past four years. 2,000 fewer people are worshiping this Sunday than worshiped this Sunday uh, five years ago. The, the fastest growing segment of American clergy are part-time clergy because churches, fewer churches can afford full-time clergy. That's kind of scary as you walk into the future. You're, it's wisdom to say, what about tomorrow? Well, you know, God only knows. And yet, here's what I want to try to do to you in this sermon. And yet, uh, I'd love you to move from God only knows as a sign of ignorance and unpredictability and limitations. I'd love you to move toward that statement as a statement of faith. God only knows. The same God that rose from the dead, and not only rose from the dead, but you heard it in this morning's scripture, came back to us. That is the future. The last pope said, only God has a future. We, we have no future other than a God who says, come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to you and take you with me into the future. Uh, we, we, we don't know what the future holds. Be suspicious of anybody who tells you they do. But here's what we know for sure. We know who holds the future. It's Jesus Christ. It's the same one that we nail to a cross, and after we've decided, okay, that's it, I guess, you know, it's a good campaign, let's go back to Galilee. He showed up among us, even when we didn't ask him to. It, he not only rose from the dead, he returned to the very losers that disappointed him in the first place. He said to us, Oh, uh, where were you guys there at the crucifixion? What was all that about? We'll stick by you and everything. I had a pretty good view from where I was. I didn't see any of you. Uh, <clears throat> he came back to them. What's next? It's, it's God. He, he comes, he keeps showing up. 
I was shadowing a couple of young pastors in Chicago, starting a new church in the inner city of Chicago. Tough, tough work, yeah. And I watched them go through this. They had done a demographic study of the neighborhood. They had uh, made all of these plans. They had brought in cons consultants. And they, they had the, I said, this is just amazing how carefully you have planned for your future. This is wonderful. And then one of the pastors said, hey, of course we ain't stupid. We know that despite all these plans, if, if Jesus Christ doesn't show up, we're dead. This is worthless. Uh, to tell the truth, that's, that's where we live. But the good news, gospel, is there's something about this God that is, he keeps showing up. He is determined not to be God without us. And therein is your hope. Hey, Jesus, what, what's your big plan for the future? Because uh, things don't look that great right now. I mean, what, what's, uh, what, what's your strategy? And Jesus replies, <clears throat> well, it's called Pinnacle Presbyterian Church. And I say, that's it? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's the only plan I've ever had. Uh, what's next? God only knows. And that's good news. Because you know the God who is Lord of the future. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I met with a man who's been told by his doctor he doesn't have much future. His doctor has told him, we've done everything we can. I think this is it. His wife called me, so I, I rushed over there to the hospital and I there was lying in the bed and I could see that he had gone down a lot since I'd seen him. Well during the conversation I said, you know, uh, well, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling during this time of, uh, of, of uh, transition? And uh, he said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling amazingly well. I said, well, I said, you know, wow, because you know, if it were me, I, I mean, if I were lying there I, I, and know what you know and where you, I, I think I'd be kind of wondering what's next, and I'd be kind of anxious about that. And he said, well, you know, lying here these weeks, I've had lots of time to think back over my life, and I think back over all those times in my life when I wasn't thinking about God. And uh, was surprised to discover God was thinking about me. And I, I didn't ask God to show up, and yet uh, God showed up. And God made a way when I didn't think there was no way. And um, so I'm thinking, if in my life the Lord Jesus could keep 
showing up, I, I think maybe in my death, he ain't going to let a little thing like my dying stump him. That, that's what I'm thinking. What's next? Here's the good news. God 